It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. What's up, everyone? Christmas is just around the corner, and I hope you all have got your Christmas gifts prepared and wrapped. I know I still don't. But anyways, Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope you all had a great season playing golf. Um, I think it was a fantastic year for the game of golf and look forward to seeing what 2021 is going to bring for all of us. You know, I'm curious if you or your children have ever had a lot of pressure from siblings playing the same sport or playing golf. Today, Alexis Hayes, she shares her story about going through similar situations where she went full circle from loving the game of golf, quitting, playing college golf, and loving the game even more now. I was probably right in my sophomore, junior year of high school is when I really, really cared. After going into high school, I had just quit golf for about a year and a half, my mom said two years. And thinking about high school, it's like, I don't wanna do PE, I don't wanna play any other sport. And in order to get into the high school I wanted to get into, I needed to have a big sport and that needed to be golf. Alexis started playing golf at a very young age with positive influence from her parents. She proved her coaches wrong and got onto a college golf team playing four years at Sonoma State. She tells us her story that I think will be so relatable for many of you listeners. I hope you enjoy it. Alexis, welcome to the Raising Golfers podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, me too. I'm excited as well because I think you've had quite the journey in the game of golf starting from a very young age. And I think the experiences that you've been through and that you're going to share today are going to be very beneficial to a lot of listeners on the podcast. So I am also excited for this conversation. I am too. I have a lot I've learned and a lot I've done and can't wait to share it. So let's start with the beginning of your journey. And how old were you when you were introduced to the game of golf? So I spoke with my mom for some extra details. And she said, when we would vacation every weekend to Catalina Island, we had a golf cart and it was four seats. And she would put my brother and I in our car seats strapped on the back and her and my dad would go play golf. No way. Yeah. So we would just be sitting there and then we'd get restless and they'd just let us crawl around the greens. And so I was probably anywhere from one to two when that was introduced and then full like lessons and official golf. I was probably about five or six. Okay, so your parents were the ones who initially introduced you to the game of golf because they both played, is that right? My dad was a collegiate golfer and grew up playing, and then he introduced my mom recreationally. And do they still play today? My dad has unfortunately passed away, but he played up until, you know, we we could, and my mom will play with friends. My brother doesn't play competitively anymore, but he'll play recreationally. Okay, so it's still within the family and it's something that you guys can still do together if you would like, is that right? Yeah. We'll we'll probably go on Thanksgiving Day and go play nine holes. So, stuff like that. <laughs> That's very cool. So, going back to when you were introduced to the game. So, your mom and dad would drive this golf cart. You guys are in your car seats. 
obviously those are memories you probably can't remember, but there are certain things to that exposure of the game of golf that probably puts you on the right foot to eventually enjoy the game. So at what point was it that you were actually starting to swing a club or a stick or something that imitated a golf swing? I have a photo of myself that I've seen at probably three trying to tee off next to my mom. Is that right? Yeah, I think I had a putter in my hand and and a, a pink ball, but I was probably two or three. Very cool. And so like, where did that lead? Like, what was the next thing for you? Did, did you just go out on the golf course for a certain amount of years with your parents, just to try to have some fun, just to hit the ball around or just to spend time with them? Because that's what they love doing at that point in your life. And yeah, what happened next? How did it all like kick off where you actually started playing golf? Um, well, we were always out as a family and just tagging along with my parents and their friends. They had a huge golf group. And then as we got older, they put us into like an academy, a little group lesson weekly. I was probably six. And it just kind of went from there. It was the Johnson Junior Golf Tour. And I just remember there's 30 kids on this entire driving range just hitting balls and the instructors walking up and down the range. I re- do remember that, my first group lesson. And then there's a local uh, Southern California one I was a part of and they do like stages of golf so you enter in every Friday you go to this par three course I was probably six when I started that and you have to get through lessons and I got through the lessons in one week one day and they're like okay you're you're ready to go out on the golf course because I had such a big background and then you take an etiquette class the next week and then you're allowed to go play nine or 18 holes and parents walk along and keep score. And every Friday you'd go out and do that. And so that was probably where I got my biggest start. And I was in that program until I was 15. Oh, wow. So you 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 went through the whole program, basically. Oh, yeah. My, my brother and I, we started right when we could. I was probably, I think my dad lied about my age when he signed <laughs> me up. You had to be seven. I specifically remember this. You had to be seven. I was six, but he wanted me in this program so badly and it's called the Hartwell Red Shirts. And <laughs> you just go out and you play every day. And I met so many friends that I'm still, 15 years later, really good friends with. And we're all still in a golf community. And it was probably one of the greatest starting points and just growth points that I could have had as a junior golfer. That's cool. So I assume you have some very fond memories of participating in that program, especially for as many years that you were in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the ladies who ran it were phenomenal and just did a great job in making sure that three, 400 kids had access to a golf course every week and they had access to instruction and competition and they'd have tournaments all year round and you keep track of your score. You, you learn how to post your score and they would do awards and they had milestones for every time you made a 15 handicap or a 10 handicap on this course and really pushed the boundaries for wanting kids to get better. That's very interesting. And beyond the training at the golf course and those programs, do you remember being at home and just thinking about golf or playing golf inside the house? Like, were you that type of golfer at a young age? Oh, yeah. My brother and I definitely were. When I was probably eight, I wanted to be a golf course designer like a Pete Dye. (laughs) And so I have pieces of printer paper, I would turn into a golf course layout. 
and it had our house and our neighbors' houses and our front backyards. And so I would design a golf course and holes with plastic golf balls and draw them out in crayon and colored pencil. And then my brother and I would go around our front and backyards and neighbors' yards and go play that golf course. <laughs> and so I called it like Whitewood Greens or whatever our street name. And uh, <laughs> so that's what my we would do with plastic balls or the the rubber balls and go and have fun around the yards. And then I wanted to be a clothing designer because there wasn't any junior golf clothing in say the early 2000s. And so I, for at least for girls, and I really didn't like that. I wanted to, I loved going to the golf course and having the best outfit. And so I had a logo and everything to design junior golf clothes. (laughs) That's cool. Wow. So you were very ambitious at a very young age about the game of golf. And it wasn't just about becoming the next best LPGA player. You were thinking even beyond that. You're like, I want to be a course designer. I want to be a, a, a clothes designer. Like you just, you were fully immersed into the game of golf, even beyond just the game itself, weren't you? Oh, definitely. And I don't, I think it just like came really naturally. And I just had that creative side that I wanted to, I didn't care about playing in a sense, but that the creative side of course designing and and clothing design, and I still see it in myself today, is what really got me going. Do you think it would be important for people or coaching programs today to try to implement some of those other things beyond just hitting the golf ball into the coaching programs to get kids more excited about the game of golf? Oh, definitely. I mean, now that I'm older, I see how many different routes there are in the industry besides just playing on tour and you can still be on a golf course every day but not have to have a golf club in your hand and still love to enjoy the game one of the things we talk about on this podcast a lot with different guests that come on is you know how we can play the game of golf for a lifetime and how the game although it is difficult although it is frustrating at times really has to be fun especially at the beginning and I think what you did where you were designing golf courses, you were designing clothes, you were having as much fun as you could within just the whole game of golf, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I really enjoy that part of the game. And I think it came, it, it derived from not being the best player, especially in my family. I was always second to my brother and having my own outlet in the game was, I think, really successful for me. I think that's huge, isn't it? Because results aren't everything, right? But of course, it's something that people are always going to be thinking about and kids as well. When they play with other kids, there's going to be competitions. And you having your brother in the family, who at the time, you felt that you weren't able to score as well as he could, you had that outlet. And I think that's so so huge because that probably allowed you to continue to play the game of golf and enjoy it up until this point. And had you just focused on just the results and not had an extra outlet and your own creativity and autonomy and your own progression in the game of golf, who knows what would have happened, right? Oh, definitely. And my my parents just ran with it too and didn't force me to play. They, If I wanted to sit and write down golf courses in crayon, they were they would let me do that all day if I could. So it just, they knew that I wasn't going to have the scoring and I didn't want to practice to have the scoring. So, but they wanted me in the game and in the sport because that's what we did. So, right. 
Well, I'm going to fast forward, but then I'm going to bring it right back. Eventually, the scoring obviously came around because you went and played college golf, and you're not going to play college golf unless you're a good player. So we know you eventually got to that point in that stage, didn't you? But, you know, going back to the early parts is that, you know, again, there's just so much more to the game, and there's so much more that I think kids can enjoy. And that scoring aspect, if it needs to come, and the kid wants it to come, it will eventually come at some point, but not until the later stage, right? They have to be ready themselves. I wasn't ready until I decided I was ready. And it wasn't necessarily when everybody else wanted me to be ready. Right. About how old was it that you actually started caring about your own score and then that you actually were able to start scoring? I was probably right in my sophomore, junior year of high school is when I really, really cared. After going into high school, I had just quit golf for about a year and a half, my mom said two years. And going thinking about high school, it's like, I don't want to do PE. I don't want to play any other sport. And in order to get into the high school I wanted to get into, I needed to have a big sport. And that needed to be golf in order to accomplish that. And so I, I, I took the game a little more seriously. And so I, after having taken a step back from golf, going into high school, I, I didn't necessarily take it seriously, but I put a little more effort in and when I hit sophomore junior year I was I was great I was one of the number one golfers on on the team but my coach said well you're not you're not playing college golf you can't play division 1 and I made it my mission to prove him wrong So we're going to come back to that because I I want to talk more about what you just said there about what your coach had told you but I want to backtrack to the story of why you quit golf and then come back to how you came back into the game of golf and what it was like after that one and a half, two years break. So go back to the story. You were yeah. playing golf, obviously, up to a certain point, sounds like just before high school, and then you stopped playing. So how did that all come about? I was about 11 or 12, and I had my little brother who was 8 to 10, and he was a superstar playing with you know the guys you see on tour today. And I think having a little brother who was just kind of the star and could kick my butt was intimidating to me. And I mean, my mom put it in a way, she's like, you just weren't excited about playing. You didn't have a passion anymore to just go play. And granted, I had the, the creative side, but they put me in private tennis lessons and on a softball team. And so I did that for about a year and a half, two years. And I just didn't like them. <laughs> I remember on the softball team, they didn't get the creative name that you see in, in pitch softball and I was the same. My brother was on a baseball team and it was the Blue Jays and the girls on my team decided to name our team the Blue Jays and I didn't like it. (laughs) And so we just, I didn't have an outlet in those other sports. I tried them, but they just weren't for me. And I decided to go back to golf. What made you decide to go back to golf? Like not just the fact that you didn't like the sports, but what was going through your mind? You're like, you know what? I'm going to go back to golf. Were you excited about that decision or, you know, how do you just go back into the game of golf? Because it's just not that easy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's not. It, I mean, granted, it was what we did every week as a family. I never stopped playing, but I think I stopped competing in tournaments and little junior tours. And so uh, as a seventh or eighth grader, I was looking into high school 
and needed to play a sport. So it was just a no brainer that it'd be golf because I sucked at tennis, <laughs> didn't enjoy it and wasn't going to play soccer. I'd never played soccer in my life. I didn't, you know, so it was just golf was kind of the default just to get me through high school PE at that time. Do you remember how you felt about golf when you came back? Were you, after some time, were you even more excited about the game of golf beforehand? Or was it still where you kind of left it where you weren't even that excited about it? Um, I don't think I was really that excited about it. It was just kind of something I did and had a little bit of skill at. Granted, I had friends and I enjoyed playing with my friends, but as a competitive standpoint where I needed to practice and I had to go to practice every day and, and work on stuff that I don't think, even to this day, I don't enjoy practicing. And it's a chore. <laughs> and what 12, 11, 12, 13 year old likes doing chores. And that's kind of what practicing was to me because I wasn't out with my friends. Yeah, I think that's a very important point that you touch on because, you know, what you hear a lot is, okay, the game of golf should be fun, especially for kids. And you don't want it to become a job too early. So it almost sounds like at some point early on, or maybe even too early for you, that golf became a bit of a job for you, and you didn't like that. And it wasn't necessarily like it was a job. It just wasn't part of the industry that I liked. I liked designing, and I liked the drawing and everything. And my brother was just so intimidating to me. And I, he just, he pushed my buttons when we'd practice together. We couldn't play together. We couldn't practice together just because we were, we had that, that sibling bickering back and forth every time we were on the golf course together. And mm -hmm. it was just like a lack of passion because I didn't want to be in his shadow. I understand that. So I got a question for you. Um, do, do you have kids currently? No. Okay. If you have kids in the future, would you do anything differently or tell them anything differently if you sense that something like that could happen to them as well? Not at all. Or would you do it? Would you, you, you would have them go through the same experience, yeah? Oh, definitely. I think my parents did the right thing in just letting me do whatever I wanted to do. And, oh, you don't, you don't want to play golf today? All right, fine. But if I wasn't going to play golf, I was going to do something else. I was in Girl Scouts, volunteer associations, and piano and all of these different things that if I wasn't playing golf, I needed to be somewhere else doing, learning another skill. Right. No, that's cool. I mean, it sounds like they were extremely supportive of just you growing up as a child beyond the game of golf. And again, probably if they had influenced you in a different way or pushed you to be in golf even more, you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing now in the golf industry, would you? No, no, not at all. I And I would raise my my kids one day the same way. Like if they want to play soccer, if they want to do the flute, they'll be able to do that. But I would hope that golf is part of their life. So now that we you, you told us a bit about the story of how you quit golf and then you came back. So now you're back in golf. You're still not thoroughly excited about it yet, but you've now in high school and you've got this coach who tells you you are not going to make it to college golf. <laughs> yeah. What happens? <laughs> So I had the greatest high school golf team experience. It was amazing what I, what I got to do and the program I was a part of. And the friends I made, I made all my friends join my high school golf team. Even They had never played golf before, but I made them join the team. And just having a great sense there. I loved, I loved being with them on the golf course, but I would sit in the snack bar and, and eat french fries with them. I wasn't out practicing 
And my coach saw that and he said, well, you're, you're not like, you're not out there with the number one girl who's trying to play college golf. I said, well, why can't I? Like, I'm just as good as her. And he said, you just, you're not going to play. I think it was at Long Beach State. I wanted to go and play golf there. And he said, nope, you're not going. And I made it my mission to go and play college golf and really picked up my practice and picked up my, I think it just lit a fire under me being told no. And do you think that was, although it was probably something you didn't want to hear, are you glad that your coach came and told you that at that point? Oh, I don't think I'd be where I am without it. What did you change? So obviously you had to up your practice, you had to up your game, but while this was all happening and while you wanted to prove this coach wrong, did you find that you started enjoying the process more or, you know, what changed beyond just your skill level, but what also changed with your mindset of the game? I I was involved in all of those associations still and I just made my friends practice with me I think I I didn't instead of lollygagging around the golf course waiting to be picked up I just went and chipped and hit range balls or go played three holes or had a putting tournament and I think I just I knew I had the skill it was just polishing it and just I think maturing when you're told you can't do something, I think it sparks a little bit of growth. (laughs) And I think it just raised my maturity level just a bit onto what I was doing. And I wasn't going to play division one golf, but I could definitely play two or three. And I made that my mission. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I just kind of went through the motions because I wasn't a poor golfer. It just was unpolished. Right. So then how long did it take until your game started getting more and more polished after that point? <laughs> it didn't. I, I, I had good rounds, but I also had really bad rounds. And I think it was just my golf swing that got me into college golf. It wasn't my game. I had a poor mental game. I had a, a bad structure to my rounds, but I had a great swing that looked pretty. And when I sent it off to college coaches, that's what they saw. And they're like, well, we can fix the scoring, but you can't, you know, teach that swing. And I think ultimately, like, that's what really helped me. But it wasn't until I got my butt kicked in college freshman year that I really had to turn my game around. And I just, my parents, even through high school and that whole recruiting process, they just let me do what I needed to do and wanted to do. They didn't force me to practice. Um, my coaches didn't force me to practice. They wanted me to, they encouraged me to, but I wasn't going to do what I didn't want to do, which is practice. <laughs> right. I think there's a lot of people that are out there where they get to a certain point in their game where they're pretty good player and the practice part just isn't that fun. But it sounds like when you brought your friends, <clears throat> excuse me, when you brought your friends into the practice scene with you, it kind of changed the environment of practice, which did it, it, it must have made it more enjoyable for you because then you were able to actually start practicing. You weren't sitting eating French fries anymore and you had this new mission. So would you agree that having that type of environment, bringing your friends into the practice scene helped? Oh, definitely. And I think I still, the whole reason I wasn't like as passionate, I still had my little brother and his his great game looming over my shoulder, and so just having my friends there and chipping all on the chipping green together and laughing and having fun was what kept me out on the golf course. I think that's so important because 
you know, with golf being such an individual sport, you have to make it like a community and you have to make it this almost like group environment and go through it together because nobody really likes to practice too long by themselves. Mm-hmm. And especially for kids or even all the way up some adults as well. It's just more fun to do it with somebody else. And, you know, for you, you, you figure that out, you figured out, okay, well, if I'm going to practice, I've got to bring in my other friends, they've got to do it with me. And well, hey, it eventually got you into a college golf team, didn't it? Yeah. And there's a girl, there's a girl on my, on my, I was a junior, and she was a freshman. And uh, we were great friends, but she was a fierce competitor. And she kept beating me this freshman. And I couldn't imagine a world where I wasn't number one on this golf team. And I made it my mission. If she was practicing, I was practicing too, just to try and beat her. And Mm. I think that also helped. I mean, she was my friend, so we practiced together, but having this, okay, if I can't beat my brother, I'm going to try and beat this girl. And so I'm just that, I think the competitiveness too, it was a healthy competition, but that also helped as well having her as my friend, practicing together, trying to beat her. And I mean, just that was a, a solid. Yeah. I mean, that'll push you along, won't it? Do you think that your golf swing was so attractive to coaches because you started golf at such a young age? Or is it something that you tried to work hard on along the way? No. Um, I, I mean, my mine and my brother's golf swing is pretty much self-taught, uh, if not like by my dad. And I think it's just natural. And being around the golf course and always having a club in our hand was definitely helpful, but it wasn't something that was ever, I didn't have private lessons until I was in high school. Mm. So it just wasn't ever something that was developed. It's all natural body movements that weren't forced into different places. So, yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, you know, you you hear a lot of golf coaches and they say they want junior golfers to basically swing as hard as possible. And I think where that comes from is really just the idea that as a kid, if you're trying to swing as hard as possible, actually you eventually find the, you actually figure out the physics of the golf swing without knowing the physics of the golf swing, right? So you find the most efficient way to generate speed. And ironically, a lot of times the most efficient way to generate speed is what actually looks good cosmetically of a golf swing. But I think that comes from starting at a very young age personally and, you know, you look at Rory McIlroy, everybody idolizes his swing. Well, if you actually look at a video of his swing when he was like three years old, there's actually some parts of it that look very similar to his swing today, which is crazy. But he's just trying to swing the club as hard as possible. And I would guess that you and your brother had a very similar upbringing, right? And you were just trying to hit the ball, hit it as hard as I could. And you did it over and over and over and over at a very young age. And guess what? Your swing actually ended up being what looked like a very good golf swing. Oh, definitely. When I teach juniors now, it's not a structured golf lesson. It's just providing them a way to hit the ball. And if they're swinging out of their boots, yeah, okay, it give you balance and stability. But it's you don't ever stop a kid from swinging as hard as they can or um, swinging wildly because that's what your body wants to do. And what you, if that's what your body thinks it should be doing, you'll work around it eventually. And just providing them great habits is all you need to do to give a golfer. They don't need to be in Tiger Woods's position at the top at four years old. It's they're going to have their own and, and just kind of let them do what they think a golf swing is. I, I totally agree with you. Now, getting back to kind of your upbringing, 
again, I, I'm just so curious about how you quit the game of golf. And again, I bring this up because I know that there's people listening or parents where they're worried that their kid might quit and never come back. But what I would what I would like to know is what kind of advice would you give a parent or a player listening that if they do want to take a break from the game of golf, that it's okay and that's fine and that could be part of the process. Is there any advice you would give with that? Yeah. I mean, with any sport at five, six to all the way to 12 years old, if, if your kid quits, let them do it. They don't want to go and practice and play. They don't have a passion for it. So give them another outlet. And a, a kid isn't going to grow up in 10 years and have that love for the game if they're forced to do it. And I I saw it over and over again growing up with, with girls who could have been LPGA or PGA. And the moment they turned 18, they let go of all their clubs because they had been forced to do it for so long. And they mm. didn't get to do anything else that they wanted to do. And I was lucky that my parents provided me so many different outlets in the community and at school and arts and choir. And just if, if, you're, if your kid does not want to do golf, then give them something else to do that may benefit them later on the, you know, if when they, if they ever do decide to pick up golf again. And that's what I did. I'm grateful that I did what I, what I got to do outside of the golf course, because I think it really helped a mental game development and all of that. And so anything, just don't let them sit at home, not playing golf. (laughs) Right. No, I think that's great advice. Uh, Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I totally agree. And, you know, the risk there's okay, there's a fear that, okay, my kid is never going to play golf again, because they want to take a break, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also a risk that if you keep pushing them along, that maybe they'll stretch through that year or two years. But like those girls you mentioned, then there's just a, a point where they just completely put the clubs away, stop yeah. playing golf and stop playing forever. And you know, a quote from one of the guys that came on the podcast, uh, one of the first few episodes I had, and he said, like, as parents, what you want is to be able to play golf with your kids for the rest of your life. So I love that. I personally believe that if there's a break and the break is needed and that's a decision from the kid, I think that's totally okay. I'm sure it's extremely hard for a lot of parents to swallow that, but I, I think it's okay. And like you said, you went out and explored other things. You tried tennis, you tried uh, softball, but you actually found out that you actually didn't enjoy those. And I'm sure something in you said, you know, actually I enjoy golf more than doing those things. And you came back and you came back very strong, which is cool. Exactly. And and it wasn't like I, I didn't hate golf. I think it was just, I needed something different than what I saw in my family and in my brother. And so just the opportunities are always going to be there in golf. And if, if a parent is afraid of having that fear that their kid is going to quit, if a parent is afraid that their kid is going to quit, then you need to reframe your mindset because a kid hating golf is different than losing their passion. And mm. a kid doesn't need to be 10, 11, 12 years old playing in junior worlds and playing in, a, in national tournaments and drive chip and putt at Augusta your kid does not need to be there at that age in order to be successful in golf and there's so many late bloomers in high school and even college if so many teammates and girls I saw in college they were so unprepared their freshman year and by the time they finished four years later they were amazing golfers 
and there there isn't a timeline on when you need to be successful. No, I think that's so important. I think that's very well said. Do you think that you started competing too early or was it just more the competition with your sibling that kind of ultimately had you take that break from the game of golf? Oh, I, I'm so grateful of all the competitions I got to do at such a young age in all of these different junior tours. And if I would not do that again. I ultimately think it was my little brother and being intimidated by him that just if I wasn't beating him, then I wasn't excited to go play golf. (laughs) (laughs) And that was obviously internal, right? That was coming from you about your brother, right? Because like you said, what your parents talked to you about, it had nothing to do with what they said to you. It was just something that you had, this is the feelings that you had at that age and at that time. Oh, definitely. We're going to fast forward. So we've been moving around, jumping around, but I'm just so curious about your story because I think it's very interesting and I think it's so important to share with people. But you played high school golf. You heard what you heard from the golf coach. You changed how you practiced. You changed your mindset. You changed your goals. Now you get to college golf. You've been, you basically, you were recruited to Sonoma State University, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I know you said you mentioned you had a few options, but ultimately you went with Sonoma State. What wake-up calls did you have your freshman year in college golf? I was so homesick my first semester. My coaches thought I was going to drop out and go home. Um, I, I mean, I was only like six hours away, but I just had never been in a golf environment that, well, I mean, I had, but not where I was. I was forced to be at practice at eight o'clock in the morning, three days a week and at workouts and this, this structure of a schedule that I had to be on. And if I was not there, there was consequences. And I think that was just a really hard adjustment. And it was just balancing school and getting to the golf course. I didn't have a car. And so I had to rely on my teammates to get me to the golf course. And if I had class a little later than expected, or I had to go to an office hour, I didn't have a ride to practice, but I had to be there. And so just those extra stresses that I had never experienced before, I think really made it difficult on me. And I mean, (laughs) my parents weren't going to let me quit. They made me, they're like, if you're going to quit and drop out and come home, um, you have to give it a full year. You're not going to do one semester. You have to go both. And obviously that helped. That helped because, I mean, not that second semester was great. It was just maturity wise. I don't think I was there and ready. And once I realized that being away from home was fun, I guess, I went back for my sophomore year because I didn't want to go anywhere else. I didn't want to stay at home and at our at our local schools. So I don't but like I just knew that I had to stick it out and I didn't want to transfer. Right. So by what mid sophomore year, you started getting more comfortable and actually started enjoying being where you're at. Yeah, I I had had better roommates sophomore year. I had a car to take me to practice every day. And that was just like the stress of that, I think, was hard relying on other people. And just I started traveling to tournaments and that really helped light a fire under me that, OK, this that was successful. You know, you got there, you qualified and you get to go travel. And I think it all just kind of slowly fell into place and I got comfortable. And I think it was just initially a culture shock and it took me a little longer than some people expected or other people take 
as they don't take as long to get adjusted. And I think that was just my journey. Well, I think what people forget, including myself, is like, even though you go to play college golf at a college, which is most likely going to be away from home, like you still go through the university experience, even if you were an athlete. So like you said, number one, you're away from home, you get homesick, everything is different, you're living on your own, you got to either make it to the cafeteria on time to eat food, or you got to make your own food. Now, you don't, your parents can't drive you to practice. You got to figure out a way to get to practice yourself. You have no car. So like there's all these changes that you go through. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you are a collegiate player in a sport or not, like anybody can go through those things. And I think being in sports, we forget that about college athletes. We think that, oh, they're just so excited about going to the college. They're going to play sports. That's all they're going to do. But actually there's so much more psychologically as well that, you go through beyond just the sport itself. So I think what you had was actually a very normal experience, but for you to be able to stick through it, I think that's also amazing. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to be the girl that had to transfer. I didn't want to have to go either not play college golf or go get recruited again and have to go through the transfer process and, and say, Hey, I'm not coming to my coach. I'm not coming back this year. And I would like to go play somewhere else while you sign a form. I just didn't want to do that and and probably admit defeat, <laughs> I think. Understandable. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you've got that competitive edge in yourself and that that's something that you don't want to have to do, is it? So yeah. how did that change as far as your results then and your your feelings towards the game of golf at start the mid-sophomore year? I think having... I had always had... I don't... <laughs> I'd always had a structured practice in high school and, but it was kind of, a, it was not like you're going to track your stats. You're going to track this. You're going to do these drills here, here, here. And getting to just such a, I mean, in college, we tracked hour by hour what we did. So from 6 a.m. to 7, did you work out, eat, sleep, play golf, go to class? Were you driving? Were you like, even down to the half hour, there was just a second, like, how were we managing our time? And how many hours a day were we doing something? And it was just that such fine details of our day to day lives. I think it was a time management tool that we were using. And having to know what we were doing hour by hour, I had never thought of my life like that. And just being so precise on how I was practicing and a mental coach and just being told that what you've been doing isn't going to work, I think lit a fire under me. And did you change? Oh, definitely. I just got a lot more mature and having to focus on things. I I didn't have free time. There was no such thing as free time. And I had to learn how to study. Granted, I was a good student in high school. I'd always been a great student, but I had no idea how to study. I had no idea how to sit down in the library and read and write a paper. And I had to learn that the hard way. I was in these classes that just really shone a light on my lack of structure in my own thought processes. It wasn't a lack of structure in my life. I was very structured and in a sense that I always had things to do and places to be in in those 
within those confines of everything I did. But mentally, I had a, a huge lack of structure. Um, and I think that shows my creative side and my, I think it's your left brain. But I really had to, in my golf game, in my academics, box everything up into proper categories. And I am grateful for it. I really needed that. And I think it's helped me in my adult life. Yeah. And that's something you probably never would have expected you would get out of going to play college golf somewhere, is it? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, just the academics alone, I think just, again, the word maturity and having classes and and studying and professors having all of this and that. And then you put golf on top of it, not just practice, workout, study hall, uh, mental coach and qualifying rounds. Then you had traveling on top of that. And it's you really are 18 going on a CEO of a company and having to manage your time. So how would you advise somebody who's interested in playing college golf? They're in high school. What advice would you give them before they go to college golf? What 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 things could they do? It is not what you think it needs to be. And I took a very different route. I would say I never played in combines. I never played in showcase tournaments. That wasn't my thing. I had uh, a round rounds at Junior Worlds in San Diego where college coaches were looking but like that wasn't what made me noticeable. I started my junior year of high school and I sent emails to coaches and I didn't hear back from most of them. And I went on probably two recruit trips from the two coaches I did hear back from. And um, after that, I filmed a, a swing video and one of them had requested film a sw- swing video. I was like, okay, well, I went to my swing coach and said, hey, <laughs> how do we do this? And I edited my own thing and just mailed it on a CD to one coach. And that ended up being Sonoma State. And I just, I didn't do what people do now. It's the, like a recruitment coach. I think people get recruitment coaches now. And unless you're really dying to play college golf and you're not, it's so organic, I think, is, is at the end of the day, is it's going to happen where it needs to happen. And send that email, send that letter, send that video. And if you're meant to be somewhere, a coach will reach out. You've had a very, again, I've said this before, it sounds like you've had a very unique experience and journey in the game of golf. And I think that what you said today will resonate and relate, be relatable to so many people listening the thing is, is that I would say a lot of people sugarcoat what their real story really is. And you today shared what actually a real story and a real journey in the game of golf can look like. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And there's probably more people that can relate to your story than the other one where everything was happy and was perfect, because that's just not the reality of golf. And that's not the reality of life, is it? Oh, not at all. So your journey has obviously shaped you into who you are today. It's allowed you to now enjoy the game of golf and love it. And you, even after college golf, are still in the golf industry. So what is it exactly that you're doing now? I am an assistant golf professional at Silverado Resort in Napa. And so I do all the merchandising in the golf shop and uh, for the Safeway Open, the PGA Tour event. And I teach lessons, I do social media for the golf course, and I have, I try to have my hands in all the pots that I can. And I 
don't play as much as I probably want to or should, but I am so happy being where I'm at and teaching and coaching and junior golf camps. And that's what I'm doing right now. That's very cool. I think it's just so unique that you're doing merchandising and like you go back to when you were a kid and you're, you know, you wanted to have your own clothing line. Well, you don't have necessarily your clothing line yet, but you're doing something that relates all the way back to your childhood. And then it also links to something you've been passionate about, which is the game of golf, which I think is really cool. So if more people want to follow you and find out more about you and hear more about your journey, where can people find you? Instagram, I guess, uh, Lexus underscore Hayes one. And I post my shop displays and my own golf swing that I'm working on still. And yeah. (laughs) Very cool. So what would be your final words of inspiration for raising golfers? If you're a parent listening, do not be nervous, regardless of whether it's golf or not, any other sport. Do not be nervous of your child moving in and out of the sport. They will quit. They will lose passion. And just let them do what they need to do. Give them every opportunity to find out what they like doing. And to junior golfers, I think just have fun, make friends, and let those friends and those moments of playing golf like lead you to where you want to be. You know, it sounds like you had such a positive experience from your parents raising you in the game of golf and just in life. And it sounds like, you know, I think they're ideal role models for you and they really supported you to get you to where you are today. So I think it sounds like they did an awesome job and I'm sure you really appreciate what they've done for you as well. Oh, definitely. My mom, when I was talking to her, she goes, it takes so much sacrifice and just determination. And if they want to do it, do it for them if you can. And just let them run with it. And I, she couldn't say it enough how much sacrifice it took, but she would do it all over again. That's cool. That's very cool. Well, Alexis, thank you so much for taking the time and coming and sharing your story. And I look forward to seeing how your professional career continues. And I hope that everybody enjoyed this, this story and this episode as much as I did. So thanks again for coming on. Travis, thanks so much. That was Alexis Hayes sharing her very interesting story about the game of golf and the journey that she's been through. I bet there are a lot of situations similar to hers where a lot of pressure can be built up between siblings at home playing the same sport and especially in the game of golf. She decided to take a step back from the game and looking back, I think it really helped her excel all the way to where she is today. So the message she had was, If your child wants to quit the game of golf or take a break, it's okay, let them do it. And I think you'd be surprised after letting them try some other sports, they might enjoy the other sports or like she did, she came back to the game of golf because she actually realized she didn't enjoy those other sports as much as she enjoyed the game of golf. She had a very positive upbringing from her parents and learned so many lessons along her journey. Golf gives us so many life skills, and I think some Alexis shared today shows exactly how great this game really is for development of us, not just in golf, but in life. I'd love to hear what ups and downs you have gone through in golf, and what golf has given you beyond just the game of golf. I hope you all enjoyed that story from Alexis Hayes as much as I did, and look forward to hearing your feedback. 
If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches, and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.